0: Your children are one of the only, if not the only, people in your life who want the absolute best relationship with you. And what a blessing and what a responsibility that is. Hey, welcome to Shirts and Ties, a podcast about education and culture. I'm Brian Miller.
1: And I'm Casey Shirts. Casey,
0: my brother, what are we chatting about today?
1: So a few weeks back, I shared out some of the things that, uh, people were talking about at conferences. And, uh, one of the quotes I gave you was from Anthony Muhammad
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he said, if you want to punish students, you have lost your professional soul. And that kind of stuck in my mind a bit, that idea of punishment. And since then, there've been a, a whole bunch more things that have come up that have kind of circled that idea of punishment. There was a podcast I listened to called Unreformed and it's a lady named Josie Duffy uh Josie Duffy Rice, excuse me, who did some research about the Mount Megs reform school and the point of the school. So this is back in the 60s, I believe it was. You know, some of the kids with the most extreme behaviors were sent to this school. It's a reform school. It's supposed to reform them. But of course, that's not how it turned out. It ended up being a school where they were just constantly punishing kids. And on a, she was a guest on a different podcast, and she was asked the question, like, if there's so much evidence that this didn't work, that this wasn't helping kids, why is it that we continue to punish kids? And her response, I thought, was incredible. She said, people like certainty more than hope. And there's a certainty with punishment. You know, as we talk here, we'll probably debate, you know, what's the role of punishment versus, you know, things like consequence versus supporting kids. But I think one reason that we lean so heavily on punishment is because it's almost certain to get some sort of immediate response. But does it create lasting change? I think the answer to that is pretty clearly no, and and we can talk about that a little bit too. And then one other component of this, I've heard both in my district and just from educators around the, the nation that student behaviors are, are a problem. And one of the reasons often given is we aren't punishing the ki- these kids.
0: That We aren't, are that not. we are not.
1: Yeah. We are not punishing these kids. Um, and then one last little piece here, when we talked to Kyrie last week, you know, he said this thing, the, the, the school to prison pipeline is real and we didn't you know we didn't have we didn't time to that at all no and and i don't intend to today either but it it is a sad thought to me if schools are in the habit of punishing and it doesn't fix kids and then they go to prison where they're punished and it doesn't help adults and we continue that cycle So those things together really had me thinking about this concept of punishment and uh, its role in raising kids and, you know, helping out in schools.
0: Okay. Um, So I have a couple of questions uh, as I've been wrestling quite a bit with this. I love that phrase, by the way, or that quote, people like certainty more than hope. One that I came across was by B.F. Skinner, who We can take them or leave them, but B.F. Skinner said, uh, a person who has been punished is not less inclined to behave in a given way. At best, he or she learns how to avoid punishment. Right. Which I like as well. And to your point that it rarely produces the outcome that we desire, which has brought me to my first question, who is the punishment for? So thinking specifically in schools, Yeah. When we punish somebody, who are we doing it for? Because I don't think it's for the person who's being punished. What do you
1: think? Yeah. Yeah. So here's where I thought we should probably start in this conversation, which is maybe just clarifying what we mean between punishment and consequence. And one reason I think that's important, and I think we've talked about this a little bit. So there was an individual named Celeste Kidd, a professor at UC Berkeley who really tried to get into why do people disagree so often? And and here's the quote from the article. When people are disagreeing, it may not always be about what they think it is. It could be stemming from something as simple as their concepts not being aligned.
0: Which I would agree completely.
1: Yeah. So I think it's important probably that we distinguish between punishment and consequence and um, punishment. The way that I'm defining it, it's more about Retribution—it's more about vengeance. Uh, It might even stem from from wrath. I want to inflict this on another person, and I think that punishment is driven by emotion. So when you ask who's it for, it's for whoever's angry, (laughs) right? And it's the teacher that's angry. It's the parent that's angry. The student was offended yeah and and I don't I'm hoping as we have this conversation, we can reflect a little bit on our parenting as well, um because there's definitely some challenges, and sometimes as we're trying to get um you know shape our own children, we kind of wonder what's the role of punishment the consequence on the other hand is should be more closely aligned with whatever action occurred that we don't want that that doesn't make sense, and so whatever the consequence is. It's not coming from that external source. It's not coming from the teacher or the parent. It's not coming from anger. It's coming from, I made this mistake. I have to do better next time. And I'm going to suffer some kind of consequence that's closely aligned to that mistake. A a simple example would be my kid's throwing a fit. It's 24 degrees out. They don't want to put their coat on. I'm not going to keep this going. All right, kid. It's, you know, we're not talking about dangerous temperatures, but if you don't wear your coat outside, you're going to be uncomfortable. I don't need to punish you. That's a natural consequence.
0: You're throwing Let's, a fit over, not liking what's made for dinner. Fine. Don't eat dinner. And the consequence yeah. is going to be you're hungry in an hour and this yeah. is still what's for dinner.
1: Yep. And now I know some scenarios are going to be more complicated than that, though, where the the consequence is a little less clear and the emotions are heightened and we're going to really desire to... I don't know if inflicting pain is nobody's really thinking that, but we want to. to Well, can I can I
0: add maybe then? As I let me add this, I appreciated your definition of punishment being emotion driven in terms of uh, I, you know, I need my pound of flesh. So really, what it is is um, a punishment is let me do something to you out of frustration so that you behave the way I want you to be. I need my vengeance. A consequence is more. I want what's best for you. Um, so I'm not thinking you can still think emotionally, but I want what's best for you. Punishment is I want what's best for me. <laughs> is that, is that a, uh, I, I think so.
1: One is extrinsic and one is intrinsic. It, it the, a consequence thing is really going to place it back on the kid. And, and we've talked about how to try to do that systemically, right? But it's going to place it back on the kid, and then there's going to be support offered along the way. Again, this isn't always clear because there are some scenarios. If a kid is doing something extremely dangerous, extremely disruptive, it's hard in that moment to, okay, what's the consequence here? In trying to make that connection or to rationalize with a kid or to offer support. But generally speaking, a consequence is going to allow the kid to internally recognize, here's why that thing didn't work, here's a better plan moving forward. Which is our job
0: then, uh, like we love in education, the term, and I think probably even in parenting, uh, the natural consequence. What's the, like, there's a natural consequence to your behaviors. And sometimes we can fabricate that natural consequence. (laughs) Yeah, Um, but uh, but our attempts is to do this. Like you need to feel some uh, shift or break in your day or in your in this moment, so that you understand when you make this decision, there is a consequence to that. Like uh, maybe just an example. Yesterday, uh, we had a kid who who bit a teacher two days ago. Uh, to the point that she couldn't come to school yesterday she had to go to the doctor and the doctor said you need to stay home and let your your hand um, heal and so yesterday I, I wanted the kid to meet with our therapist and I told the therapist like I want you to lean in on that teacher isn't in school today which means we have a sub in the classroom which means we have disruption in the entire classroom because now this teacher who's the professional in that in that environment isn't there and everyone's being disrupted I want the kid not to feel overwhelmingly guilty but I want them to feel the weight of like your action of frustration look at the consequences that has occurred because of that this teacher had to go to the hospital this teacher had to take some days off now the entire class is without the teacher and trying to almost have him Tangibly see the consequence of his behavior so we can we can try those kinds of things the problem that I just dis- that I wrestle with is. Because of our inability to clarify punishment and consequence we confuse the terms quite often. And if I'm really honest with myself and maybe uh, maybe with you <laughs> is that I suffer from from this as well where sometimes I want a punishment because. Because your actions are causing me to suffer, right? And they're not just causing me to suffer. They're causing my classroom to suffer. Now they're causing my school to suffer. And so there's this very natural, like, you're being destructive. And I want you to kind of feel the sting of that destructiveness. And sometimes the natural, quote, unquote, consequence doesn't feel like enough. Now, that's just me being tangible. That doesn't mean I want to act on it. But that's where my heart grows sometimes. What do you think? Am well, just a complete I, raging asshole. And
1: you're like, <laughs> no, no. It, well, yes, but no. <laughs> the, the thing is, when we are emotional, we lose our ability to ration, rationalize. And so what's happening there, I think, is that thing that we've talked about many times, which is, it's easy to be destructive it's much more difficult to build up, right? So in that moment, what's happening is I am feeling worse, I am being hurt. So in this emotional moment, all I can think about is to send that hurt back to you yeah. and bring you to my level. And so I don't I don't think that there's anything wrong with that, but I, I think this is a good moment to pause for a second here and just make sure that all of us understand that punishment simply doesn't work not long-term. And maybe this is the history guy in me a bit, but I wanted to make sure I really got out there and 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 looked at the research. And so corporal punishment, for example, is, to my knowledge, doesn't really happen in school anymore, right? Like, I don't know schools that are still spanking kids or anything.
0: There's actually some states that allow it.
1: Sure. I think it's legal. Uh, I'm going to mess up the number, but I'm pretty sure it's more than half of the states that still allow it.
0: Yeah.
1: Here's what I'm a little bit worried about is as this pendulum of discipline swings and just the things I'm hearing is that we might start to bring that back out of desperation because we're we are having so many behavior problems and I have some evidence of that possibility because just recently in Oklahoma they voted against banning corporal punishment on disabled children Right so that's not like they're not putting out a new law but they're refusing to walk back a law that allows corporal punishment. So to me that's like okay well what would the next step be, be then if we're going to protect these laws are we going to start then using corporal punishment. But there is just huge amounts of research that says, you know, spanking and hitting kids does not work. Uh in fact, most of the evidence and and there there's uh there was some research from the early 2000s that just compiled 27 different studies. And it said that there's robust evidence of an increased incidence of aggression among children who are regularly spanked. So, can I push on that a little bit? Sure. Can I go can ahead. Interrupt,
0: interrupt you and push on that? And I'm not advocating that we go out and start spanking everybody. I was raised in a spanking home. And I would never look at my parents and say they were abusive or that it wasn't productive because it was. But I, I think the distinction sometimes that can, you know, we're, we, we can simplify things too much. Um, and sometimes I believe that uh, spanking can be beneficial, but it has to go back to our previous point of, are you doing it out of an emotional reaction Are you doing it out of, I need to inflict pain on you? So let me, I can just give you like the the talking points that my father gave me growing up that I, as an adult, appreciated. First and foremost, he never spanked me out of emotion. There was always a great length of time between my action and the spanking. There was always a discussion before and after the spanking. But part of his point was, and it wasn't for a lot. It was like as a child, like a young child, right? So once I got to a certain age, that went away. But his point was, I need this to be painful enough that you don't want to do that behavior again. Not because that behavior was annoying to me, but because that, that behavior is dangerous, right? And so, so, so I don't ever disagree. I, I, even as an adult, I don't disagree with him. And I thought he was making the right choice.
1: So two things to push back. One, are you suggesting you wouldn't be a decent person had you not been spanked? No, I'm just, I'm a- Two, I'm, cause this is important to me. Two, how much rebelling did you do as a teenager? A lot. Okay. And three, are you okay with sending a message to, we should hit the people we love?
0: Uh, not at all. Not at all. None of those things. Uh, and I wouldn't argue any of those things, but I also, um, I know a lot of good people and a lot of great parents. Who spanked their kids.
1: Yeah, they make all kinds of mistakes.
0: Sure. But I could be I'm one. not saying I'm not necessarily arguing that this is one of them. So that's just where I'm at. Like, yeah, I, I, I am not advocating that we all need to go out and start spanking our kids. Yeah. I'm also not advocating that we we take this action and and put only negative thoughts and only negative intentions and only negativity around it because there are a lot of good parents who spank their kids out of love and it is beneficial. My point in this is that you can say the research says, and I don't disagree with that. Sometimes I wonder if spanking, the pendulum in the spanking has gone away from the appropriateness of it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to push it
0: on, on on this emotional component. Are you emotionally driven in doing it?
1: Yeah. I will never say it's okay to hit people you love. Uh, so I'm, I'm just not going to agree sure. with you at all on this. And that's okay. And that's I think okay. the research also it supports my perspective.
0: Um, Maybe. It, it just, it just does. It really does. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that.
1: Okay. Uh, the other thing, example then of the, the research behind punishment not working is the rate of recidiv- recidivism in prisons. Most people, sorry, uh, the amount of people who will, after serving a prison sentence, go back to prison. Sure. That that number is close to 43%. Now, one might argue, well, shoot, that means 57% of people don't return. But man, we have a lot of people that are going back to prison again and again and again. And if we look at that, the idea of isolating people, of, of putting them into seclusion, we also know that student suspensions don't work. If we suspend students, it's more sure. likely that they'll drop out, that they'll uh, end up in, you know, well, having problems. Okay, so I'm going to push
0: back on that a little bit, too. And I'm going to couple it with the with the spanking issue. Uh, and first and foremost, I, I just don't want to say, like you said, uh, spanking did not get rid of my behaviors as a, as a teen. I was still a rebellious teen. And I can think of a ton of great parents who never spanked and they still had rebellious teens as well. Uh, sure. So, there's there's no clear, like, if you spank, you're going to have bad kids. If you don't spank, you're going to have great kids. It goes back to, I think, including suspensions, how we do these things and the intention behind it. So suspensions don't work. Suspensions don't work if you remove yourself and it's just this punishment on you of, here is two days in your office or here's two days at home, come back and you're going to be fixed. However, as a principal, uh, I have suspended kids and they have been incredibly beneficial if I am involved in that suspension. So there was one kid that uh, in my previous school, he was a high school, just phenom, uh, athletic kid, kind of king of the school, made some poor choices, and I suspended him. He had to spend a day, maybe two days, in my office with me, ton of conversations, had him watch a documentary on Pat Tillman, and we talked about what it means to be a leader, what it means to be uh, a a man of integrity uh, in, in, in society. That, that punishment or that, um, consequence, that suspension, I believe was incredibly beneficial for him and I gaining a relationship and for him making some different choices later on, because it's how you deal with it. It's the conversations around it. It's your, it's your, um, emotions around it. So in some ways, in my opinion, and you and I are going to disagree on this forever, probably, uh, Suspensions and spankings are can be somewhat similar in that the action in and of itself does not do a damn thing, but it's the intentions, the emotions, the conversations, the purpose around it that make it either beneficial or
1: destructive. Yeah, and um, on the spanking one, I won't ever agree with you because I, <laughs> it's I, okay. I, I'm just telling you, we can't hit people we love and we. <laughs> We, again, the research backs it, but I want to move on because I don't want to spend too much time. Because I mean, I, I'm not judging people who choose that. What I'm saying is, there's better choices. The suspension thing is the same thing. Like I'm, I don't have a problem with suspensions being a part of the process. There's some time where, like honestly, the adults need a a minute away from that kid because that sure. kid is being so difficult, and and so sure. like. I understand the importance of that, but what you described was a consequence, which was you made this mistake and now you're going to go through a series of things on your own outside of the classroom, because we can't do this work inside of the classroom until you're ready to return until you have some ideas on, on how you might, you know, attack that differently. Like I assume that's the kind of process you were going through, right? Yeah. And absolutely. I think one of the problems with generally with the way that we business with regard to suspensions, whether they're in school, out of school, or even just sending a kid to the hallway to the back room or wherever is it it doesn't it isn't connected to some of those actions that would turn it into a consequence where the kid then has to improve or make changes moving forward. It is really just I'm tired of you, you yeah. are a disruption to the school. You are, you know, and then, so get out of here. It's sure. not typically followed up with that. And I think that's, I mean, that would be a major difference. And and that's the kind of research I've never seen. Like we just compile broad data about suspension rates sure. and how that leads to, you know, fewer college enrollments, more dropout, more likelihood sure. to be arrested, things like that. If there was a way to separate out the two where you're talking about this is a suspension that includes... Um, some sort of reform or remediation or or support versus just sending that kid away. And, and that kid now doesn't have a relationship with the people at school who will support them. Sure. Okay. I think in the end, if, if we're trying to shift the mindset of people, and my goal is really to get people to think more about consequence than punishment. And one of the things I I worked at an alternative school in Rollins for a little while, and to For students to join that school, their parents would have to attend a love and logic parenting class. Is that something you 're familiar with love and yeah. logic yeah, so and one of the things that class did that we emphasized is that punishment leads to resentment and will often create distance in that relationship that we 're trying to keep tight and and so there are hard feelings that are being created by these punishments and so we want to shift away from those punishments in part because it becomes very difficult to fix that relationship so if we have teachers who want to punish their their students those students will probably not respond to that teacher in the same way they might comply for a period of time but they're much less likely to engage in the work and and for you know meaningful learning to occur in some ways it becomes your my enemy and Mm -hmm. i think that if a kid has a lot of teachers who are punishing them i think that's a big part of the reason why these kids feel so bad coming to school and they don't want to be here and they don't want to engage in the work
0: nobody wants to go to a place where you fear emotional or physical abuse of any sort and anytime we rely on punishment punishment alone we never get the consequence that, or the outcome that we want. Um, like you said, and like some very people have said, we might change the behavior for a time, but really what you're doing is building animosity um, towards, between each other, and which is going to cause more problems. I actually heard a quote this morning, this gentleman talking. He's like, why do we yell when we're in an argument? Because oftentimes when we're in an argument with somebody, we're fairly close. So in proximity. So why do we start yelling? Uh, And he quoted uh, a famous philosopher and said something like, well, it's because our hearts and our minds are becoming further and further apart. And so we have to yell to try and bridge that gap. And I love that kind of analogy. And he's like, "In, in, 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 in the inverse, if you are very intimate with somebody, oftentimes you reduce yourself to somewhat of a whisper because you're feeling very close and connected. And I, man, that just kind of like convicted my heart a little bit in terms of when I yell at or I raise my voice with my own kids, um, when people have raised their voice with me, rarely does that bring us closer together. I always pull apart. um, And and I'm like, that's a pretty tangible emotion of punishment. Because yelling is a form of punishment as well.
1: Yeah, and I will tell you, being raised... I didn't get spanked. I don't think I ever was. My sister's a little older than me, so I think that she probably was a little bit. But I can tell you this. When my dad spoke to me in a certain kind of way, it stung, and I knew it was punishment, and and it absolutely did hurt. And so as a kid, I, my dad and I weren't all that close, um, sure. and and it was because I, I felt like everything that I was doing, especially as a, a, a little boy – was was being criticized i was being you know punished for being told i was doing things wrong which brings me to this next thought which is i i think this is a, a bigger struggle for for boys especially although girls as well but if you think about what school is to a a little boy who's a little wild, who's a little rough, who doesn't want to sit in a seat, who doesn't want, so we have a lot of boys who come to school and it doesn't fit well for them. And so, you know, me thinking at the secondary level, they spent lots of time in school getting punished because school doesn't fit them well. Right. And so I think you know, and we str- and we
0: wonder why they are struggling. In the secondary to attend schools uh, to, um, and maybe I'm going to make a radical jump of assumption here, um, but outside of the most recent, most of the time who is is shooting up our schools, it is males, probably who have been punished consistently, either by the school system, by home as well, Um, and so That's kind of their learned reaction of when you are angry at somebody, when you are frustrated, there needs to be a punishment. And to the earlier point of uh, an emotionally driven, I need my vengeance, I need to express my wrath. Um, That's where it comes up, which is I'm not blaming in any way um, the school systems for that. Um, But it it does make a, a tangible connection to me. Um, that if we are focusing on I'm mad at you, you have done something that I don't like. Therefore, here is your punishment. I could only imagine that kids don't want to come to school by year three, four, five, six, seven of that sort of environment.
1: Yeah, I think, um and I wasn't prepared to have this conversation. It's such a, I don't know. It's I'm not really, We don't need to dive yeah. into it. It's, I, it's too but, close and everything. I'm yeah, just... but your point about a desire for vengeance against this system, I think, is is probably fair. They're, they're they've they don't know how else to, to to try to fix the years of negative experience they had. It's awful. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Well, let me just, I can, I can pivot away from it into maybe an example because uh, I think I, I shared this with you a while ago, but one of the thoughts I had at that conference that I was at in New York city was this, this concept of, of how we suffer. Um, and if we suffer in isolation, we will, um, we will cause other people to suffer. So we don't feel so alone, right? So I'm going to inflict pain on others because I don't want to feel so alone. That's a part of the pain that I'm feeling is I'm feeling isolated in it. But if we suffer within a group, we will do all that we can to ensure that nobody else is going to suffer, right? We're going to protect the suffering. And so oftentimes some of this punishment is if you think about schools as well, or even homes, part of the punishment is isolation you're being removed from people um, and oftentimes being placed in in a particular room or grounded to your room or whatever it is you're being placed in isolation and so to even uh com- bring this full circle one of the the greatest consequences or punishments that i remember having it was a consequence not a punishment was when i was in middle school and i asked my mother if i could use her bike i was gonna ride my bike to my buddy's house who lived like 10 miles away And she said, no. And I said, okay. And I instantly walked out and grabbed her bike and took off. And she found me about eight miles later. She came flying up in the car, took the bike, put it in the trunk and said, walk home. And it was this. Now I have like nine hours of walking that I'm going to have to think about what's going to happen. Come up with all these excuses. Um, And to try and condense the story. It was kind of like I was brewing, right? Like these constant like disobedience and this kind of disrespect. So I was punished in terms of i had to spend like the next two weeks in isolation Uh, they gave me all these different requirements i had to read these different books i had to do these different tasks but it was about day five of this two-week punishment that my dad said you know what i gotta change how this happens and he ended up taking me fishing and so we went fishing for four or five days and in that time he talked to me about what it meant to be a man and what it meant to be a young boy growing up and what it meant to be respectful. That was the more impactful time of my punishment when he decided it's not just you sitting in isolation, memorizing Bible verses, which I would say was 10 times worse than any spanking I ever had is memorizing Bible verses when I'm punished. But it was the, let's go hang out together. Let's be together and walk through this. Uh, Let's build that relationship rather than, Tear us apart through consequence or through punishment, punishment, punishment. See, even like even as I'm talking, I confuse the two, right? They're yep, so intertwined.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. And so, a couple of things. One is, I think this is a good time to to really talk about why is it so difficult for us to figure out how to respond to behaviors. I think that's one of the reasons is it's really difficult to figure out the difference between a punishment and a consequence, right? Yeah. Conceptually, I, I did want to say something. So you mentioned that you had to read Bible verses and things, you know, when you got in trouble. I had a friend growing up who, uh when he would get grounded, his parents would make him sit in his room and read. And I always thought that was a little weird. I'm like, so this kid is going to associate reading with being punished. This doesn't seem like Absolutely. a healthy choice. Absolutely. So, I, I don't but, know. If that was- I, here's the deal, I, and I think. Every parent,
0: every generation, like, you know, I was raised, I think, in probably the last very strong spanking generation. Um, Every generation has their thing that they're trying because it is so confusing. It is so difficult. And our generation, so partly, I'm going to just, and I want you to finish your thought. When you say that you see the pendulum swinging back into potential corporal punishment and spanking in schools, it is because the generation that followed the spanking generation swung the pendulum too far the other direction in terms of, there are no consequences we are we're not going to do any of this stuff and so now we're realizing that oh that's not working either so now we're going to start swinging back the other way
1: yeah and as as i've worked to support the staff here and some pretty dramatic changes this is one of the the conversations we've we've had to talk about because when you are you know when when a kid gets in trouble and they come back with a sucker or a donut it's like What have you done now? They're being rewarded for their behaviors, right? That's too far. But we don't want to go back all the way to the other side either. And, and, but it's tough when it's like, all we're doing is rewarding kids and they're, and they're, they're soft and they're getting away with any, then we're just like, well, then the solution has to be the exact opposite. But that isn't true. So back to what I was saying, well, why do we struggle with this? So one is just trying to figure out the difference between the two. But your story is a great example of why schools struggle with this. So I go back to that quote at the beginning, people like certainty more than hope. Sometimes that slow methodical process requires a great deal of hope that when it is done, it will work. And Firstly, we don't have that kind of time, or at least we feel like we don't. We right? feel so like we, it because we don't. <laughs> right. I mean, th- there's there's some truth to the fact that we don't have days to no. get this figured out with these to, kids. To spend with one child. Right. <laughs> now, I, I do think that there's some some ways to to be patient with a kid that doesn't require that level of dedication. But you're right. And we got to say this out loud. We do have a small percentage of kids who either through mental illness or through some of the the abuse and and things that have occurred in their house, like they're actually not going to respond as the others would from consequences. They need intensive. No matter what
0: we do is not worse than what they've already experienced.
1: Right. So I do want to make clear that what I'm talking about probably helps 90 to 95% of the kids, but there's going to be this little teeny tiny group that's going to need something that goes beyond that. And that's also very difficult. But what I think we should be careful of is assuming, which I think this is kind of one of my other issues is we assume because there might be that 5% who these kinds of, of consequences won't work for we then assume that the other 95% can't be remedied through some of these processes. And so I think that's a second reason that we struggle with this so much is we take that teeny tiny group and we presume that nobody else can do it either.
0: Right. Right. I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. And then uh, the other thing is, I think, I think this is especially true now, but uh, others could push back against this, but I think that we are in a heightened emotional state. Humans are because of the constant adrenaline rush that we get from social media, because of the negative experiences of COVID because of the political divide, I think all of our emotions are heightened. And we said at the start, punishment is it occurs in the midst of emotion. And so I think that's part of the reason we can't get quite get this figured out.
0: Yeah. And I would, I would add to this heightened emotion thinking of, School specific, and then I I want to chat about how this could relate to parenting as well. Teachers, as we have acknowledged and as everyone can understand, are under an intense amount of stress. Intense amount of stress because they've always been held accountable to high standards of learning. But now we have a group of children who were out of school for a year, year and a half, depending on your school district, who are behind in learning and so there's a sense of urgency of we need to pick up the pace to get them back on track we are constantly hounded with new and innovative ways to teach and to and to assess and extra curriculum and extra standards that we have to get to in shortened amount of days and this child's behavior is disrupting all of that so never do i have a teacher who wants this child punished truly. And there is this desire at times for punishment because they don't love that child or want especially that child. They are feeling an immense amount of pressure of, you know, where's your curriculum? Are you getting on track? Are you getting your middle of the year assessments done on time? Are you, you know, state testing it around the corner? Are your kids going to be ready? And I feel like they are probably unconsciously thinking this child is going to ruin the entire process by their constant disruption and so giving a ton of grace to teachers who come to me like i have a couple teachers who are fantastic teachers when they send me a child it's not because this child uh is annoying it's because they have done everything they possibly can and they are fully exhausted and they need some like you said a reprieve for a little bit or they just need some change in their classroom and we want that immediate reaction because in education we're kind of made to believe that kids will grow and learn in a timely manner day after day after day there's always constant forever growth and there's just not and behavior is one of those it takes a ton of time for very little movement at times
1: and i think that your point there in emphasizing i think we do this a lot and and i think i hope people enjoy when you and i disagree but don't lose respect for each other because i think we both have a, a great deal of grace for each other, and we know that anything that we're thinking comes from a great place. And I, I think that that's one of the things that we're seeing right now is just this presumption. And we always have—we presume malice when there's empty space there, and there's something occurring yeah. that we don't like. And and I, your point is a great one, which is even the teachers who are saying out loud that they, hey, this kid needs punished. This, like, it isn't out of a place of malice. It might be out of place of desperation, of of, of yeah. heightened emotion, or something. Like that, but it isn't because they don't want what's best for that kid.
0: Right. And that they want, they don't want, they're not asking for harm at all. Um, They're just asking for change and they're exhausted with trying. And so even just thinking about trying to relate this to my children and thinking about the times where I have not been father of the year, if I'm honest with myself, what I do is I raise my voice at times which I, I don't really love that. And I've consistently asked my children to keep me accountable on this. I need to get better. I need to get better. But I am con- I find after reflection that I'm doing it first and foremost, like the, the life around that moment is stressful or exhausting. Um, and that's not my child's fault at all, but the, they're sitting there in front of me. So they're going to bear the brunt of it at times, which I hate. But also most of the time it's because I too am kind of exhausted of resources And so I'm just going to defer to my power right now. (laughs) And my power is my voice. Uh, And I hate that as well, because I will change maybe the behavior now for today and maybe even tomorrow. Uh, But then I'm exhausted a week from now because the behavior is there again, because I didn't change anything. I just exercised my power and changed it for the
1: moment. Just a a very recent story that I don't know what to do with. And uh, it's, you know, I, I joke about having, you know, parenting uh, crisis because I I don't know if what I did was right or not. Zuzu's had a a tough couple of days. She's uh, my youngest. She's five and it's, she's, she's constantly whining and crying. She's not, she's a smart little girl. She's got lots of words she could use to explain the things that she needs. She's not, and maybe it's because there's something going on that she actually doesn't have the words to. And I, I, we we're trying to be patient Uh, Jessica, you know, get home yesterday and Jessica's sitting and coloring with her. But she, you know, Zuzu's having constant meltdowns. Nothing's okay. She's not really listening. She's throwing things. I mean, it. and this has gone on now for a couple of days and we've been so patient. And I'm I'm just going to acknowledge last night it had been going for days. And finally, I just with that voice, you know, the the ones that the dads use. I just said we're not doing this anymore we're not doing this anymore it's been two days now of you just whining of you throwing we're not doing it anymore and and i used the voice she stopped and then this morning she wakes up and she has this little uh seal that has like a rice bag inside of it and put it in the microwave it warms it up right this morning she was very sweet to me she's like daddy Hmm. can you warm this up Hmm. thanks daddy but I don't know what to do with that. Like, did I make her feel so bad when I yelled at her that she felt like she has to be sweet and kind and she can't just express herself to me? Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, uh, so I'm kind of
0: on, on, on the fence here because on, on the one hand, when when anyone barks, right? When anyone kind of raises their tone or snaps, it's okay Because oftentimes if I'm the one who's causing that, that moment for someone to snap, I'm, I'm, I'm being jolted, right? Like, like, Oh man, like that, that really, that stung you. Or like, you're, you're now like really angry. And I'm, and I wasn't seeing it before, or I wasn't acknowledging it appropriately before. And so there is like this jolt of even like a child with their dad of like, holy crap, like dad actually is mad about this. This isn't, I've I've crossed the line and they weren't picking that up before. I have found whether I do it, rightly or wrongly, that I heard a quote the other day that your children want nothing more than to have the best relationship with you. That's what they want with their parents. And he was saying, no, no one else in your life is like that. Your children are one of the only, if not the only people in your life who want the absolute best relationship with you. And what a blessing and what a responsibility that is. And I have found with my kids that because I know that that's true, and I want that with them, that if and when I do fail, when I do raise my voice, I can go to them and like the next day, right? Like, hey, we're good, I love you, I barked at you, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry for being angry at what I was angry at because what you were doing was inappropriate, what you're doing was hurtful, but I need to be better at that. But if nothing else, we're good. I still love you, I'm gonna bark at you and I'm still gonna love you today and I'm still gonna make the best decisions for you. And so I feel like that to me is the biggest component that either us as a school, or us as parents sometimes neglect, is teaching children forgiveness. And I'm going to give you a, a powerful example on, on, on the destructive side. With this same child, a uh, child, uh, student that I suspended uh, in my old school with Pat Tillman's story. Part of his restoration process was he had to apologize to one of the teachers that he was very rude to. And so I brought the teacher in and him and I did a lot of work with what it looks like to apologize. And you need to be specific in what you're apologizing for um, and whatever. So he does a fantastic job of apologizing to this teacher. And this teacher's response was, the only good thing out of this is that my son stood up to you. And I was so internally uncomfortable. And you saw the face drop of that student. And I thought to myself, you lost it. You lost the opportunity to teach this child what it means to be restored, to forgive. Because anytime you forgive, somebody has to pay a price for something, right? If I forgive you, I'm forgiving you of this con- of this action, and I'm absorbing the penalty, whether it be a broken rel- part, of, part, part of our broken relationship or a broken thing. And so with your child, with I feel like in our schools, what we don't do a great job of, at least spend so much time on. What is the consequence? What is the punishment that we're going to, to place upon this child? But how much do we focus on the restoration piece, bringing them back in, teaching them forgiveness, teaching them how we move on? What do you think?
1: Some of what you say about that teacher I don't love, right? But let me ask you this. Is there any chance that, that A lot teacher... of
0: what I said about the teacher I don't love. Okay, it sure, was but... a so uncomfortable moment.
1: But let me ask you this. Is there any chance that that teacher felt that that apology came from you and not the kid?
0: No, because because we, we chatted about it after, and this this and the reaction or the explanation was that kid. Now it's she was very emotionally driven because that kid had been somewhat of a um, unkind student to her son, and so she was more just didn't like the kid.
1: Yeah, and, and as a parent, you lose your mind in those scenarios. So, uh, But but I did have one time a student come back to me and apologize, and it was only because the principal said, that's how you get to return to classes, go apologize. And I'm like, I don't – I and I just said to the kid, like, I, I don't need an apology. I just need different actions.
0: Well, I don't disagree with that either. But where I'm at is that's my point. I mean, I have this all the time too. Kids who disrupt the class or disrespect a the teacher, they have to apologize before they go back. But that's part of what I'm saying is how just them doing that is destructive and it can actually be dangerous. But if I spend a considerable amount of time talking about the restoration process, talking about what it looks like, talking about when you apologize, they need to be sincere. um, That's part of the big issue that we don't wrestle with as as in schools, because, again, maybe it's time, but it's uncomfortable or whatever it is. But that to me is a large component. But also teaching our adults that how many times have you... um, And I have said this before, and I don't think it's great when somebody apologizes and we're like, it's okay, not that big a deal. I don't think that's healthy. I think it's actually healthy to say, you know what? It actually was hurtful. It was destructive, but I forgive you and come back into my classroom. That actually makes the child feel very loved. When you say it's not that big a deal, then it's like, well, then what the hell was I suspended for? Right?
1: Yeah. I always love it when somebody says, I'm sorry. And I say, okay. (laughs) Because <laughs> it's just real awkward. It's like, all right, I don't. Yeah, that's don't, not helpful what can, I, what can I do with an, it? With an, I'm sorry. I can't do anything with that. I need actions. I don't know. I, I've always had a little bit of a problem with, you know, the parents are like, now you go over there and you say you're sorry to that kid. It's like, okay. But but the kid still, you know, how does toy Taken or or got scratched to it. Like, I don't, the sorry, just, I don't know. It's tough. If you went through a process and you got that kid to a point where he genuinely met it, I think that's amazing. Um, I think that
0: we need to teach the restoration process, is where I'm yeah. at. Uh, yeah. We dealt with, uh, we're dealing with an issue um, in our school district where it's, we're wrestling with controversial topics. And we heard of another school where a teacher made a, a poor choice and it caused a huge disruption. And so we're kind of wrestling with this as a district of like, okay, what are some policies we can put in place to ensure this doesn't happen? And I found myself thinking policies to ensure something doesn't happen is great. I actually think we need policies of what is the restoration going to look like? Because if we don't have a policy of restoration, we are going to react to the the emotionally driven parent and the emotionally driven whomever until they're satisfied. We need a policy of restoration as well.
1: Yeah. And I've I've been pretty happy with the district because they've really been thinking about this this very thing. And hopefully they see it through, but we've talked out loud about like, what are we doing for these kids when they are sent home or, you know, when they are in in school suspended and how are we getting them back in place? So we've reflected on that a little bit. I, I'm just going to real quick run through some things that I think we have to do to try to make sure that we are providing appropriate consequences and not just seeking Uh, you know, punishment. And And I think the, yeah, the first one is, is emotionless, not emotionless, but emotionless. And, and just what I mean by that is we, we have to figure out how to not let the emotion of the moment dictate what our actions are going to be. So So if that means, yep. If that means just walking away for a little bit, I am somebody who I have this response where my heart races, it gets going a little faster than I'm a fight guy. And so, that's really unhealthy when you're supposed to be sitting down having a good conversation and so i know that about myself so i have some lines that i use like oh shoot i forgot i needed to grab something out of my desk i needed to so i have some phrases that i'll just tell myself so that i have permission in a way that it doesn't look like i'm avoiding the situation but it's like i need this thing i'm going to walk away for a second right so whatever it is we have to find a way to emotion less it, it doesn't mean you don't still have big emotions it just means you're not you're not going to engage kids in that way um, I think we have to empower more, and and that means the the people who we're struggling with, the people who are having these behaviors, we have to let them be heard and and be part of the solution.
0: Could we perhaps walk through the responsibility centered discipline?
1: It's, it's super close, yeah. It's it's really the same thing, yeah. Um, and but it, it, there are some slight differences because my last one then is 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 time less. We can't have a timer for when we think this thing's going to be resolved. We have to be allowed to slow down and give priority to the things that matter the most. And guess what? The things that matter the most aren't the causes of the Civil War, aren't what X is. The thing that matters the most is the kid. Yeah. So we've got to time less.
0: Yeah. And, and that's fantastic solutions that I think anyone would agree to. But you can't. And this do becomes it. the job of the principal of the building to allow this and and to consistently affirm. in teachers, listen, I know the district test is around the corner. I know your standardized tests are important, and I believe that they are important. But if you are sacrificing the relationships with your kids and their their ability to grow as people for the Benefit of higher test scores. We're in the wrong business and we're definitely in the wrong space. And that is very easy for me to say in a PLC with my staff and between you and me. But we have to live that out in such a way that teachers can do that and feel great. And when their low test scores come in or lower test scores come in, which they might, they might not. And we say, yeah, but look at this ch- this kid's growth. In the beginning of the year, they were flipping desks and throwing scissors. They haven't done that in months. That's the growth I'm worried about.
1: Yeah, man, it's been fun today. I don't think you and I have disagreed this much in an episode. This is a yeah, blast. Yeah, we're gonna
0: need to stay on after this and kind of wrestle. I with think so. Because, I, I,
1: uh, I have the our our counselor ready, our couples <laughs> counselor ready. So I thought we might need it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I and honestly, I got a, I got pretty emotional in in your little pushback because I don't know. There, there's I'm emotionally tied to that, not because I'm like advocating go go hate your kids, but. I've seen I've seen both sides, and I. This is when we talked a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago about this this data that I don't always think is fair. Um, I think sometimes we can lump some things in that it, it just kind of it, it makes it too simplified. And I've seen I've seen and witnessed some loving parents who do not hit their children, but they do spank them. And I can draw a distinction. I know that you don't, and that's fine. I think we disagree. Um, and I'm just so maybe I just got emotional of like. Listen, I know some really quality people who love their kids who have quality kids, and they've chosen to spank, and they have very tight parameters around that and how it's safe and how it's best for they think for their child. And I've seen some <laughs> parents who have advocated no spanking, and they have abused their child immensely in other ways. So yeah,
1: and, but- and no, and that's fair. Um, and and I what I love about this is when we're all done here, we get to disagree on this and still love each other. I don't know if I do anymore. I'm kind of I'm kind of walking that back a little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe tomorrow. Maybe we'll see <laughs> next week. Give it time. Emotion less. Empower yeah. more. I need some I time guess.
0: here. No, I, of course, Casey. Of course, and this is why I I do appreciate this time is because uh, you do challenge me to to think differently, even when it's uncomfortable. And I know in five minutes uh, I can still chat with you. Love you. We're we're good. It's fine.
1: <laughs> I, I'm not sure. It's fine. He says, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine? Fine. It's You're fine. fine. You're fine. We're
0: fine. Uh, what's your takeaway today? <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: God, we're back at it. We're Man, back I had one, one a second ago. <laughs> you go ahead first.
0: Um, my takeaway is I appreciate the, the, the definition or the, um, the clarity of punishment being something that is emotional driven, which is therefore it's for my benefit. Whereas the consequences for your benefit. That to me is, is a strong distinction that I feel like I can bring to my staff or I can even go home and ask myself, why, why is my child getting this punishment? Is it for their benefit or is it for my benefit that I feel like I'm going to feel better or I'm, they're going to stop this annoying trait?
1: <laughs> for me, and, and I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this as clear as I want to, but as I thought about and prep for today, for me, it was just kind of a, a cakewalk. It was easy. Let's go through these. This is why you don't do this stuff. This is why you do this stuff. This is what we got to do. Right. But I like your perspective because you have some very real scenarios where it's very difficult in the moment to figure out what the, the next best action is. It's very difficult to figure out, you know, if you put a, if a kid doesn't turn in their work and you put a zero in the book, is that a punishment or a consequence? If a kid's misbehaving in class and so you put them in, in school suspension Is that a punishment? Is that a consequence? The truth is it's very difficult to know in the moment what it is. And, and so I'm, I have to know that. So when I, as I work with staff and they're trying to figure out how to, you know, rein in behaviors and things like that, I have to know in my mind that the resolution to it isn't as simple as my, my little solutions. It can be more complicated than that.
0: There are very few educators that I've come across and you can help me out with this. And I believe there are very few educators worldwide who walk into this profession for their own personal benefit. Almost all of them, all of us do it because we want to help people succeed. We want to help people grow. And so even when we have a disagreement and there's this, I want my child punished, this child punished, I need to remind myself that always, almost always, they're coming at it from a place that truly they want what's best for kids. They're just struggling in this moment. And really, and the reality is, none of us know exactly what to do. Otherwise, you and I could be making millions because we would have figured it out. And every school and every parent is still wrestling with how do we do this thing in the appropriate manner? And so that is often a good reminder to me of even the teachers that can frustrate me who want this punishment, it's not because they want the child in pain. They want change. They want this child to change for their benefit, for the classroom's benefit, for the school's benefit.
1: You know, when we talked with Kyrie last week, the, the one thing that I talked about, even though there were some challenges as a kid, is in the end, I, I knew my parents loved me. I think that that's what our students need too. We're, we can make mistakes and we can mess up if and the in the kids know that we care about them.
0: Yep. All right. Well, thanks, brother. I appreciate yeah. uh, this very real conversation. We haven't had one of these in a while. And I appreciate yeah. it. So Yeah, for sure, man. All right. Well, until next week, my man. Do great things
1: and keep knocking. All right. See you, buddy. See ya. We were just
2: two friends hanging out. Sharing ideas, talking about the things that matter in this life. How to make a change, how to make it right. Gonna start a podcast to change the world. We'll speak our minds and hearts, let our voices be heard. Gonna make a podcast and make a difference. We'll be the change we want to see, and nothing's gonna stop us now. Talk about the issues that need to be addressed. Politics human rights, we we'll give it our best, we'll have guests on our show, experts in their field, we'll learn and grow together, we'll make our message heard, gonna start a podcast and change the world, speak our minds and hearts, let our voices be, Hurt. Gonna start a podcast and make a difference We'll be the change we want to see And nothing's gonna stop us now
1: Man, how angry are you?
0: I'm not angry. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Angry. That's fun. Uh, uh, I, uh, I did get I did get angry in the in the beginning. Oh, uh, sure, same. But that's all right.
1: No, it. I think that this makes for a, a good episode because yeah, if for what I mean, this is this is why ESPN works is because everybody on there is disagreeing with each other and getting worked yelling up about it and yelling at each other, full yeah. of emotion.
0: But it was good. I and I. I think we will just always disagree on this and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but it was good, brother. And I, and I appreciate, um, yeah. Well, I mean, what the hell, but I think you said it yesterday with that lady, like if we're going to, if we're going to fail out loud in conversation, let's do it here. Um, yeah. And so I think it works well. Um, yeah. I'm no, still I, like, kind of emotionally like rubbed up by it. But all right, What uh, do you,
1: what do you need from me? Nothing. Okay. I just want to make nothing. sure. Remember our goal isn't to change each other's mind. Our That's goal is goal. to, our, I think our goal is to sharpen our own thinking, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Of so. course.
0: Of course. And uh, yeah. And I am, you know, we, we spanked our kids uh, a little bit growing up and, and my wife was more the one of saying like, this just isn't working yeah. and I don't feel right about it. And so we had a definitive moment of like, all right, we're done. Cause we both grew up in a, in spanking homes and yeah. very, I think it's very, I think this is right. You can tell me if I'm wrong. Bible believing homes tend to spank more.
1: Yep. Uh, Spare the rod, spoil the kid. Yeah. And I think that that, there's truth in that. Yeah. Like there's truth in, in the origin of that. I'm not saying that that's true. Although I do think that that is true. Uh, Not the spare the rod part. Rod can be interpreted
0: very differently. It doesn't have to be an actual rod. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what we're trying to discover. And we have, and we've walked away from it. Um, I think it was with Zion that we finally said, and even like our, you know, Eden and Judah, it was not like our go to. It was like, yeah, we have this thing is to a point that he just needs a spanking. And we were very intentional. I think my dad actually did it very, very well. Um, But we have walked away from it. I I guess here's where I'm at, just so I can clarify it. Um, I have a hard time with this lump sum assessment of if you're spanking, it is bad, you are bad. And I, and i just, I have a hard time with that.
1: Yeah. And if, if my response felt like I was criticizing your father, which probably would be the part that was most emotional, or even you, it's absolutely not the case. Uh, I'm, it's not in my nature to judge, but I do know that sometimes I come off as judgy because I I have some strong opinions. So that wasn't my goal. You're good. Yeah. And Casey, I forgive you. (laughs) It's not your fault. What's the, <laughs> from uh, Goodwill Hunting? Man, I had another thought that I thought was uh, pretty important. Eh, shoot. Never mind. Uh, no, I, I, I'm, it's, as long as we're okay. I don't want to ever we're hang good. not okay. No, um, we're good.
0: We're good. All is good. Um, Yeah, no, I appreciate even just this kind of afterwards, making sure we're okay. Because I, I think we both kind of got a little bit like.
1: I kind of want to include it. I might have to. <laughs> you can, you can put at it at the, That's fine. After that. Yeah. That's good. Um. Uh, no, I, I don't. Uh, this can't be a place where judgment occurs. And in fact, there's just got to be less judgment everywhere. We, we can't spend time judging each sure. other.
0: If you so, want to, you can throw this on at the end. That's fine.
1: Uh, I'll see how it fits. It might be all right for people to hear the
0: kind of like it the, that they kind of hear the aftermath.
1: Yeah.